Um, we wanted our boys to be able to gain tangible life skills that probably weren't going to be taught in the greater school system, whether it was homeschool or whether it was standard public school. Um, Because you you can rely on those school systems to be able to teach your kids math, science, all of that stuff. But some of those more practical life skills have to happen at home. So we wanted our boys to be able to have a connection to their own capabilities and have a security, factually based security in their own abilities to be able to provide for themselves. I'm Kyle Virick, and this is the Know Your Leading Edge podcast. Well, welcome back to the Know Your Leading Edge podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Virick. I'm honored to be with another one of our phenomenal coaches here today, Stephanie Harrett. So Stephanie's been with us since the since the very first moments of, uh, of Leaf Gym and really honored to get a chance to talk to you today, Steph. So um, Stephanie's going to be joining us quite a bit on the podcast as we go forward. She is um, an amazing resource. She's, she's a, she is a self-sufficient woman, which we're going to learn about um, uh, through this podcast, a lot of the different things that she's doing in and around her homestead with her family. She is a, an absolute asset in the gym as a coach, as um, as an athlete, as a mentor to uh, so many of our um, our athletes and our clients. And she has a real strong desire to to build out into other people's lives as a coach. So we're going to learn a lot more about her journey, um, what she's doing here at Leaf, and uh, how um, just you're going to find out a lot of the things that I happen to already know, which is uh, what an amazing person she is. So thankful to have you here, Steph. Welcome. Glad to be here. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so Steph, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about where you uh, where you grew up? And why you chose um, why you chose CrossFit? We'll start there because you are, um, I think, a quintessential CrossFit. You're a walking CrossFit uh, billboard. So let's start there. Where, where you grew up, and kind of tell us a little bit about how you came along on this path uh, to finding CrossFit. Yeah, well, I grew up in um, Western Washington, okay. and I. For a couple years, because I got into CrossFit pretty early in like 2000. 10 or 11, something like that. Okay. So I've been around CrossFit for a while. Yeah. Um, but I was hearing whispers and some friends, oh, you got to try this CrossFit thing. And growing up as an athlete and playing sports and all that stuff, my answer was, no, no, I if I want to work out, I work out. I'll play real sports if I want to play a sport. Okay, okay. So, fair. And um, so I kind of put it off for a long time until mm. I finally – Decided, well, maybe I'll try this thing. All my friends seem to like it. I don't know. Okay. And I uh, I dropped into one or two gyms in the Seattle area because um, I, I was living on the west side and was kind of, at first, I wasn't super impressed. And okay. then I had a friend say, well, come with me to my gym. Okay. My gym is different. And they all say that. So sure, I kind of sure. came in with hedged bets and okay. I wasn't sure. Um, and I went to my home CrossFit gym, uh, where I come from on the West side, which is Linwood CrossFit. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was hooked. The, the coaching there was phenomenal. The people were phenomenal. And I don't know at, to this day, I don't know what I could put my finger on in that moment where I instantly knew that that place was going to be different for me than the yeah. other places I had tried. Mm-hmm. But 
it was just a click. And I was there for a long time until I moved out here three years ago. Got so. it. Got it. What was, uh, what was your first CrossFit workout at Linwood? Do you, remember? you know, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I couldn't tell you. All I could tell you is that I had, it had pull-ups in it. Okay. And leading up to my time in CrossFit, I was kind of big box gym, gym rat where I'd go into one of the globo gyms out there and work out for like three hours and do the thing. And I had this goal um, to get 10 pull-ups. And this was pre-CrossFit, so I didn't know anything about kipping. And so I had I had gotten to the point where I'd got, I could get seven strict pull-ups. And I was really excited yeah. about it. And for I went sure. in and I was like, I saw that the workout had pull-ups in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, pull-ups. And then they were like, yeah, but it's kipping. And I was like, what? What is that? Sure. And so I had to, I remember learning, trying to learn kipping pull-ups. And like, this is weird. And with a band. And so it was, it. I don't know what the first workout was. All I know is that I had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I had well, it couldn't have been too it. terrible because you, uh, you kept coming back, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was confusing. The Learning the kipping and the gymnastic side of things was confusing. Yeah. But it was intriguing. Yeah. And so how thinking about you know your journey and when we think about when we're bringing people into leaf you know just getting across the threshold and starting um in a crossfit gym can be pretty scary you know last night we had a young man named alec who came in fresh off the street hidden there he was just like a young guy i said what uh, what brings you here what have you been doing for your fitness alec said well, I just thought I wanted to try this CrossFit thing. <laughs> and for me, that was super exciting. Um, I thought, wow, this, uh, so many people get in their head that CrossFit isn't for them or is a little bit too much or too challenging. And I thought the courage that this individual has to walk in here sight unseen and say, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this thing. It was really amazing. And yesterday's workout, it uh, was a really serious challenge for our grittiest members. And so to watch him go through that workout was pretty special. And I just, I love to look out at these athletes as they work and just grind through um, at the end of a hard day or at the start before they know they have a long work day. They do some tremendous things that just make me really affirm to, to know that what we're doing at the gym is really changing people's lives. And so when you think about your experience starting into that gym, what kept you coming back into Linwood? And, and, and then tell me about what are the kind of things that we're doing here that make that feel that same, that maybe that same way for new folks coming to join our gym? I think, um, Accessibility is a thing. Is a big factor. Of what do you that. mean accessibility? Accessibility and making making CrossFit accessible to everybody. Okay. Right. Like there's this. I say it all the time um, when I'm talking to new members or people who are really interested in CrossFit. I say it's our job in CrossFit as coaches to meet you where you're at. Okay. Right. And it's easy nowadays. The the games are televised and on TV, and it's this like sure. It's this thing that you can sit and watch and go, oh my god. <laughs> How am I going to, how am I going to do those jump rope, double cross things sure, that we saw in the games wild, this year? Yeah. And like heavy barbells going overhead with these yeah. 300 pound jerks and all that. It's, it looks super intimidating. Sure. It could, because at that, on that level, it's a professional sport. Sure. But you think about it, you know, nobody has any qualms about watching basketball 
on TV sure. and going out and shooting some hoops with friends. For sure. Right? That is an example of accessibility and scalability. Sure. And CrossFit is no different. Yeah. Right? They There's this standard and this idea and this RX thing that you come in and you see how the workout is supposed to be done. Okay. But when you actually get the chance to see everybody on the floor, scaling abounds and whether it's the movement, whether it's the weight, whether it's the repetition, we are meeting everybody where they're at in their own journey. And... Linwood did a great job of that for me and really put that in place. And I feel like our coaching staff here does a really great job of that as well, of meeting people where they're at, making this big, scary CrossFit thing accessible. And, but also not dumbing it down so far where people come in and go, oh, well, that was a waste of my time. Sure. They leave feeling rewarded and like they put in a hard day's work. And that's, that's, that's the goal, really, for it's sure. just to show up and work as hard as you can in your moment and honor where you are at your starting point. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's such an important part of what we do. We have so many different people who come in at different levels. And even today, I mean, we had a fantastic pack in our 5 a.m. We had a great pack in 610. And the, the amount of people that were doing the weight as prescribed or even the workout as prescribed pretty low. Mm -hmm. Um, but the prescription really is about having like all of us finishing really with the same, um, the same feeling, right? The same stimulus having been achieved. So whether you're moving a, uh, a barbell that's a hundred pounds or 200 pounds, you end up feeling the exact same way as the person next to you. And uh, today was a just a perfect example of what a CrossFit uh, workout should be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, outstanding coaching by you this morning. A lot of different versions of the same workout with different levels. And everybody felt really accomplished walking out the door and ready to take it on. So we're not trying to wreck shop on people. We want to make sure that you're right. Yeah, that you that you feel great when you go out now. Some days you're going to get challenged. Some days are going to be the kind of thing that you go, wow, that was a really difficult challenge. And when we, when we're doing that kind of work in here, we're fortifying people to understand if I can get through that, man, there's a whole lot I can do in my life and I can get through a whole lot of tough things. So some days are meant to be mental tests. And yesterday was one of those. And, (laughs) um, but not every day do are we going to light our hair on fire. So right. um, tell, you know, coaching is something that you and I both do an awful lot of, and you've been doing in a lot of different venues. So um, where did you get your start in coaching? Let's start there. Where did you get your start in coaching? So I started just coaching in general. It wasn't CrossFit yeah. related. I started yeah. coaching high school pole vault in yeah. 2010. Okay. Um, so... Were you a pole vaulter previous to that? Or you just were like, ah, I got this stick, you know, you guys want to put it in this thing and then we'll try and jump or what? No, um, in, uh, I got started in high school and, um, I didn't go to college, so I didn't continue my pole vaulting, uh, career (laughs) in that, uh, in that regard. But the high school I went to, um, my best friend from high school was, uh, is the head coach there, the head track team coach. Uh, head coach for a really long time yeah um and one night i was at a bonfire at his house and he was like hey you pole vaulted and i was like yeah i did sort of yeah and he uh he goes hey your coach the coach that was gonna coach you he's thinking about retiring 
have you ever thought about coming out and trying to coach pole vault? And I was like, well, not until right this second, but sure, sure, I'll come out and give it a try. And I went out, fell in love with it. And here, I mean, this will be my 14th season now. And I've been coaching pole vault for a long time. And um, it's so rewarding. Yeah, It's so rewarding. And I, it's a really highly technical event. We, I came from a really large school that had, we had over 200 kids on our track team. Yeah. And my event group always had like 15 or less. Wow. <laughs> so it was a much smaller group. Um, I asked a lot of them and expected them to show up in ways that um, is really challenging for a high school kid, a teenage yeah. kid, some of these kids 13 years old. Yeah. And not everybody was up to that challenge. So the kids that I got left with were a really great group, but it was a usually a small group. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. And so this, so you're coaching at Eastmont high school Yeah. and right now, and you, you had a pretty good, your, your athletes had a pretty good uh, result out of their work out of this season. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so I, I moved to this area in, oh gosh, what year was that? 2019. Sometime um, some, before COVID. Yeah, some right, right before, not <laughs> only like six months before COVID. Okay. Um, and yeah, we moved out the summer of 2019. And I wasn't even planning on coaching that yeah. first year or the, the year of 2020. I wasn't really planning on coaching that year because I had a new child that was just going to be turning a year old at the beginning of the track season. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just take a year off. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just take a year off. And I ended up when I was in town buying chains for my truck (laughs) ended up running into one of the sprint coaches now who used to be the pole vault coach. So I knew him and I said, Hey, how are you doing? He goes, Oh, what are you doing out here? I said, buying chains. And he goes, why out here? I said, cause I live here now. He goes, well, I'm going to, my wife and I are going to dinner with the head coach next week and I'm telling him and you're going to get an email because we need you to come coach with us. I was like, shoot. Okay. (laughs) So, um, went through the interview process, got brought on. And that season of 2020 was the season that COVID hit. And after two weeks, our season got shut down. So um, it's been a really hard year on the track and field side for technical sports, because there's, there's all kinds of places you can play club ball, or you can take a soccer ball out to an outdoor field and kick it around or anything like that. But um, there's not a ton of places you can go to do track. Yeah, sure. And you, you could go to a track and run. Yeah. But you can't pole vault. That's right. hard. You can't really jump into the long jump pits if yeah. the boards aren't out and if the if the the sand isn't uncovered and all sure. that stuff. So the technical events the last couple of years have really struggled because yeah. in 2020, that season the it was two weeks long. And then 2021, it was these we had these weird abbreviated seasons that yeah. were only six weeks long. So yeah. half of what a normal season would be. Yeah. Um, so we get to 22 or 20, we fast forward to 2022. Yeah. And these kids have almost <laughs> no background experience in yeah. any of this. Um, yeah. And so overall performance wise, the technical events kind of took a hit across the board. Um, but I had a kid who was just a phenomenal kid and he was a, uh, he was a junior this year. And unfortunately, I won't get him as a senior because him and his family moved to Montana. Oh, really? But um, okay. once he found out that was going to be happening, he was yeah. pretty bummed about it. But about a week later, I, I talked to him, you know, we talked about it and we kind of reassessed goals. And yeah. he came to me about a week after and said, I have a new goal coach. And I said, what's that? He said, I want to be a state champ in two states. Okay. And I went, 
okay, there we go. And this is a kid coming in and I knew that just looking at numbers that he would have to improve about a foot and a half of where he was at okay. to get to that point. And so I said, all right, well, we got work to do. Sure. And we did the work. It was a slow, it's in those technical events, it's a slow and steady uptick and the state meet was challenging by any means that sure. year for our division. And yeah. um, I tell my kids all the time, ad nauseum probably they get sick of me saying it yeah. but i say you know it's not when they in the weekly process yeah they look at their progressions and their prs and they get really angry or down at themselves and they think i've learned all this stuff and why am i not improving why is this not happening why are my marks not getting higher right. and i say well if you look at all these foundational pieces it's getting better getting better don't worry it's not your job to peak right now we peak at the end Right. We peak at the end. We don't want to peak in the middle of the season. And so he was really patient, really patient. And we were just primed going into that meet to have a big PR and to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. And we did. And in that meet, he improved his best mark by a foot. Wow. <laughs> so, That's a major improvement, huh? And it was, there were actually some crazy extenuating circumstances where the day and time slot where the those boys were vaulting, right as we were approaching that top height, which was going to be 13 feet, six inches, yep. we got rained out. And so the officials put a hold on it and they said, we're going to come back tomorrow and come back and everybody's going to open at 13, six. So all the athletes that were left in wouldn't get to have that nice progression. They just all had to come in to a height that there were 10 kids left in, I believe. And they all had to come into a height that only two of the kids in the field had ever cleared before. Right. And so that was daunting for most people. And, no one was really expecting <laughs> a ton of that to happen. And my kid was able to be the first kid to make that height. Yeah. And it was just, it was incredible to see and incredible to watch. And um, he ended up getting the top spot and being a state champ. That's and <laughs> so I was able to send him off to Man Montana and say, all right, here we go. All right. Go get that state champ in Montana. That's great. <laughs> what, is, what is this young man's name? Um, Micah Daw. Micah Daw. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out to the state champion pole vaulter, Micah Daw, and we'll see what happens in Montana. Yeah. That's I'm gonna be good. Checking it. Yeah. I told his mom to keep me updated. All so. right. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he finds a, as good a coach as he had here in Washington. So mm -hmm. that's really cool. Um, coaching. What uh, this is, this is an area that you're, you're an expert coach. CrossFit. Clearly, you're doing a good job of that in pole vault. What makes you a great coach? And don't worry, I'm putting that on you. You're not putting that on yourself. So what makes you a great coach? What makes you a good coach? Um, Why do you think that that's something I would say? I think, I think what makes me a good coach and really all the people that we have on staff here are great at this as well. Um, I think one of the things that makes great coaches great is being able to connect with the people that they're coaching. Um, I've always found coaching to be a very, it's a very personal experience okay. for both the coach and the client, okay. but primarily so for the client, like everybody in a CrossFit gym, most people have a time slot they come to sure. and they might like everybody who coaches, but sure. they all will 
kind of have someone who's their favorite. <laughs> That's okay. just whether, and it might sure. not even be experience level. It might be the delivery. It might be this. But yeah. one of the things that makes, I feel like myself good at what I do, but any coach that's really good is good at connecting with you. And because that's the, it's, it's their way of showing you that they actually care about you and where you're at and what your goals are and saying, I see you and being able to give those things back to you. So. Got it. mm -hmm. Where did you develop that? Um, I think part of that, how does a coach, how does a coach develop that? If maybe that's not something they're great at. Um, I think I personally, Developed a lot of that coaching high schoolers. Okay. Because anyone who's tried to have a conversation with a high schooler, they know what I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to those struggles of trying to connect with that kid and trying to figure out. Sure. Especially once you hit a certain age. Yeah. You realize you're not cool anymore. Okay. And you don't get the references. Okay. So you have to, you have to start not just listening, but hearing. Okay. You have to start not just looking, but seeing. Okay. You have to really invest your own energy and the time you spend with people, be it high schoolers, be it a person at your gym, yeah. be it the cashier that you're having a conversation with. Okay. And you start to pick up on those things and hear what the person is saying and where they're coming from. Not just listening to the words that they say, but hearing what they're coming, where they're coming from. Okay. And not just looking and acknowledging but actually really trying to see. So be that a facial expression. You know, if someone says, I'm fine. Sure. You know, how you doing? Fine. But if it's kind of that tired look in their eyes, then you kind of know, like, oh, yeah. well, you know, so it's it's taking the time to pick up on those finer points and those body language things and getting to know the people that you're coaching yeah. in a really deep way. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, for me too, I mean, just to kind of expand on what you're saying there, uh, the the very best coaches really do connect. And I think it starts from a place of of deep care and, and concern. And then also uh, have, having to have appropriate knowledge. You know, I, I don't think any of our clients come in here um, and don't get the sense that our coaching staff really – knows what they're talking about it's you can't develop any kind of real trust and rapport with a with an athlete if you're you know if you don't have your stuff together you know you've got to have a plan you've got to know what you're looking at and you've got to be able to convey that concisely i think that one of the challenges for me as a coach is being able to convey the information in a layered way it, it can be really difficult. And sometimes uh, you'll hear this phrase thrown about um, called a curse of knowledge where the things that I know and the things that you know, we've, we've, we've built that out over a number of years. Um, and it feels like everybody also has that knowledge. So we'll just start spouting out different things words phrases i was reminded how easy it is to get off track when the other day i said to somebody like i I want you to roll your quads and they're like which what are my quads like i'm not sure what that is and i'm like oh okay it's the the big muscles there on the front of your thigh right we get to this place where we we know so much and 
and we just want to give all of that information because you really want to solve the problem for the person yeah. that you're talking to. Um, you want them to have all of that, but it takes time. So finding ways to just appropriately layer one, one point at a time. It's interesting when other people are around who also have knowledge, but maybe they're not coaches. And for you young coaches, this is an interesting thing to think about as you develop certifications and you develop, um, uh, you know, your coaching chops. It's really easy to want to, to give them everything, but they simply can't take it all in. And other people will come in and say, Oh, they'll try to add and they'll try to add and they'll try to add to the, the plate of that athlete and most of the time that athlete ends up failing and feeling really overwhelmed yeah. so the great coach is able to only offer the appropriate season when i say season seasoning mm -hmm. onto that that plate that gets them into the very next stage of the meal per se right um you can't just keep throwing every ingredient at it or it yeah. turns out to be this giant mess on the plate in front of the athlete and they end up um really confused so yeah. that's just in addition to what you're saying finding that way to connect but when you look over at that person that you're teaching yeah and you realize okay what is the one thing that i can give them that's going to improve them right this movement not the six things and, and that's the hard part and there's a there's a term that I'm sure a lot of people will be able to re relate to. Um, it's called triaging, okay. right? And it's being able to look at somebody doing a movement. Okay. And that's where that looking and seeing comes into play. Okay. And that's a, that's a skill that's really hard for coaches to develop. Okay. And you have to really subject yourself to that practice and it be able to examine. And uh, one of the best ways you can do that is to take video if yeah. you're a coach, okay. even if it's only on your own personal device and you're taking yeah. video of people in a workout, if you know that something's not right, but you can't quite tell what it is, take the extra time in your own time to study that and say, okay, what is the piece that's wrong and why is that happening, yeah. right? Because you're going to probably see those same movement patterns happen over time. The, just, yeah. just yesterday, we had yeah. a guy in here who was, struggling so, with his double so okay, unders. okay, you can say his name. He's he's he knows he knows what I'm talking. About. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, okay. uh he was struggling with his double unders and yeah. the immediate thing I saw was that as he was jumping his chest was really extended yeah. up towards the ceiling and it just was kind of a it looked really physically uncomfortable and I could yeah. see that and I thought, oh, you got to get that chest down." Yeah. But as I looked at him longer and longer, I was like, the chest is not the problem. Okay. It's a symptom of another problem. Okay. And so I was able to triage okay. and I even took video so I could show him afterwards. Yeah. And we found out that although the chest was the glaring problem, sure. that the problem stemmed from his ankles and okay. the way that he was jumping. Okay. And so we were able to triage that and give him one thing to work on in the future of like, hey, focus on this one piece yep. and it might make all the other pieces come back together. So triaging and finding that one actionable thing that's going to, that you think might most impact that athlete in that moment yeah, is going to be an essential skill to build. And then every time I go into a class, I remember it was uh, Einstein 
that okay. has a quote. Einstein came to your class? No. For CrossFit? Yeah, no, okay. that would be, right. ugh, be, that'd be some cool. weird, yeah. some weird alternate reality CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> but right. um, he's, he has a quote um, that says, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, sure. you don't have a very good understanding of the material at hand. Okay. Right? So if you're going into a class and you're going to teach a complicated movement, yeah. One, you got to break it down step by step, but think about, sorry, all of our adult members, think about how you would explain it to a child. Sure. Right? Because like you said, if you say, I'm going to foam roll, we're going to foam roll our quads. Yeah. So, some people don't even know what that is. For sure. If you say, you know, extend your hip in the pull of a clean, most people have no idea what that means at sure. all. Right? So you have to do something that is tangible for them that they can all grasp. I tell people crack a walnut between your butt cheeks sure you know you gotta you kind of have to dumb it down to a way that you know everybody will be able to understand yeah and it's good to have a bunch of different options for that because not every cue is going to land with every person every time right right there is no one universal cue that will help yeah. but the most effective cue in the world is the one that works sure right so think of how you would explain what you want to happen to a child and you will find that you have a better understanding of what muscle needs to fire yep. the more options you come up with. So good. Let's let's turn slightly. I mean it's really just a little bit of a tangent but about the same direction like these are the things that are happening every day inside of the walls of of our gym. Why speak to the person who's out there listening? Um, who's a little, they're, they're in their gym, whatever that rhythm is already. And, you know, they can probably take it or leave it. They go in, they kind of, they move some stuff around then they go home and maybe they're sore. Maybe they're injured. Maybe they're, they're not even sure that this thing is for them. Tell me why that individual should come on in and, and give us a shot here at Leaf. Well, I think all day I could tout that we have an amazing community and amazing members and amazing staff that has such a diverse knowledge base and we all genuinely care and all of that. I could browbeat someone with all of the things sure. that we have to, to sure. offer. But to the person out there that's, if you're listening to this, you're curious. Sure. Right? My question for that person is, is what you're doing working for you? Yeah. Are you getting the results that you want yeah. from what you're currently doing? Okay. If your answer is yes, cool. Yeah. Keep at it. Yeah. If you think, you know, like, eh, well, I'm not quite here yet. Yeah. I'm not quite there. It's kind of slower to get there. Come try something new. Yeah. Come try it. We, I, I heard this at my L1 okay. five years ago. That your CrossFit level one, that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, my CrossFit yeah. level one okay. certification seminar. Yeah. Um, one of the, I wish I remember who it was that said it. Yeah. But he said, CrossFit uses the same marketing scheme as a drug dealer. Okay. <laughs> they say, you know, when someone says, well, I don't know, what's it like? What's sure. it like? We say, just try it. Sure. Come on in. Just try it. The first time's free. Sure. First time's on me. Sure. Just come on in. See what it's about. Maybe bring a friend. Okay. You know, it's just. We're dealing drugs here. Just kidding. 
Not really. Yeah, all right. right. Carry it it's on. much help. Obviously, much help. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's that same marketing sure. scheme of like, I could, you know, talk to you all day about it. But yeah. if you really want to know what it's like, come see. Okay. And our our gym, other gyms, most gyms have a place where it's like your first time is usually free, right? It's a free trial, no risk. What's the risk in coming in somewhere, getting an hour workout for free? Yeah. Come see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What What are you going to experience your first time coming in? What is What is the What is the first time coming in the door look like here? Um, you're usually going to be greeted by a smiling coach. Sure. <laughs> Someone that's really happy. Um, yeah. Usually you've filled out your waiver ahead of time. So you're going to come in and that coach is probably already going to know your name. Yeah. Which is maybe a little bit disconcerting to some, but sure, they're going to be like, sure. you must be this. If you know, yeah. if someone comes in that I haven't met yet, I say, you must be Teresa. Right. You must be Jim. You must, you know, and we're going to ask you about where you come from, how you heard about us. If there's anything we should be aware of, like, Hey, yeah. do you have a hip that's wonky? Do you have a wrist that's out of whack? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. I tell, I ask people, I say, tell me what's going on. Hips, knees, butts, guts, shoulder, neck. Like what's, what's happening? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, sure. is, is there anything I should be aware of? Yeah. And I feel like from just that initial touch base with a person, yeah. that person gets to walk away going, wow, that coat, that person was not just someone there cheering me on for a class that person cared about what i was doing yeah and you paved the way for yourself as not just a cheerleader rah rah this is what's on the board yay i'm going to cheer for you it's you've defined yourself as a coach sure in that moment yeah. and i feel like all all the people we have on staff here do a great job of saying like hey i'm here to help you yeah. and figure out where you're starting and how i can best help you in yeah. that way yeah we're definitely gonna i mean in in your classes in sonia's classes mine throughout the, throughout our journey here you're gonna come in you're going the the workout is not going to be a cupcake i can't remember a day where we've just gone well that one didn't have any work in it yeah um and yet we're going to find a way to make sure that that fits just like you were speaking about earlier that we're going to meet you where you're at so mm -hmm. um Again, we're going to try to find exactly where you're at. Some people walk in our door and they're they're coming from a very significant fitness background and they feel really capable of, of getting in and, and getting after the workout. Mm -hmm. Other people maybe are reluctantly just towing into the water, right? That we find that come in and you go, okay, let's, I'm going to put a plan together that's going to be specific to you today. And our, I'm going to keep checking in with you. And even if we, we might have a great plan when we start. And then when we get punched in the face in about five minutes, and I'm going to be back here to keep reassessing with you. So don't be right. afraid, make sure that you're comfortable. You know that I'm with you and we're going to keep working through it. And that's the, that's the experience that I see that you're delivering. I think that that's what we're aiming for all the time. And, and on the back end of that, making sure that you feel um, really supported and valued and recognized for the, the hard work that we put in here. So yeah, yeah I think uh, you do a great job of delivering that for folks and you're definitely our smiliest coach um um just because you have a wonderful smile i have uh you know years it's of like beating three up years teeth of braces and stuff. Oh, there you and go. Just, i'm getting every dollar's worth <laughs> thanks mom and dad there you go um yeah not i didn't have braces but i also drink a lot of coffee and uh, yeah so i should i should do a lot better job on having a big beautiful white smile but um shifting gears again um just a touch here 
you do a lot of things outside of our walls. You have uh, a husband, Chris, who's a, um, I don't know his official position there in the fire department. Maybe you can speak to that here in just a moment. Um, then you've got your mother of two young, two young boys, Tanner and Mason, and uh, you have a homestead that you take care of. You got chickens and all kind of stuff. If you ever get invited out to the Herit homestead, you need to make sure you fill up your car with gas because <laughs> it takes a long time to get out there and a long time to get back. We're out there a ways. There's out there a ways. When you get to the dirt road, just it's keep part of going. Why I'm so smiley when I come in here. I'm like, humans. <laughs> There's other humans around. Something with feathers that not, I, without yeah, feathers without that feathers. I can talk to. <laughs> exactly. There's turkeys walking around. There's all sorts of things. But it's really, it's a wonderful place out there. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your life outside the gym and what you guys are up to out there. Um, well, uh, like you touched on, my husband is a firefighter and he, uh, he just kind of hit his year mark to end his probationary period okay. of his promotion to the position of lieutenant, okay. which is awesome. So we're really proud of him and I'm really excited that the push for lieutenancy is over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a long road and, uh, anyone who's in the first responder world can really, I, I think, relate to that. And they know that those people put in a lot of hard work to get where they're at. Yeah. So I'm really proud of him. Um, Chris, you're a stud, man. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome all around guy. And then, uh, I'm happy to be stuck with him for the rest yeah. of my life. That's all right. That's cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my two, two kiddos, one's three and a half, one is just turned five months old. So, yeah. um, two, awesome kids that are full of life my little baby mason is probably the smiliest baby i've ever met in my life yeah, he's, he's just always deliriously happy to just be in, included in whatever you're doing um but yeah we moved out here three years ago because we wanted we're really outdoorsy people and we wanted to raise our kids in an environment the west side of washington state is a lot more urban um there's a lot more a lot higher concentration of people, um, a lot more restrictive HOAs, things like yeah, that. You know? So sure. even if you have, have chickens in the or you have to have chickens, but it has to be a certain amount away from a property line. Like, you can't have a rooster because it makes too much noise. That's like, there's right. so many in some places you just can't have them at all. So got it. Um, we wanted to have more space and we're really outdoorsy people. We hunt, we, uh, we rock climb and, um, on the homestead side of things in particular, we really felt compelled to teach our kids about hard work and the beauty in simple living. And when I say simple, I don't mean easy. Yeah. We, we tell ourselves all the time, we wanted simple, not easy. Sure. Right? And there's so many people in this world no matter what type of diet you adhere to sure that have a disconnect from their food sure where their food comes from and the process it takes to grow that food harvest that food and all of that yeah. and in this day and age everything's so technologically advanced and everything's at your fingertips be it the you know the supermarket the internet being able to just google a thing yeah and i kind of got confronted with that idea of what if none of that was available anymore? Yeah. Um, Amazon Prime doesn't deliver to your house out there? Is that what no, you're saying? No, it does not. Okay. <laughs> we have to get it to the post office. Got it. <laughs> it does not come out I'm that I'm telling far. you, people, it's uh, it's a long way. We out of ways. Yeah. We got to drive our 
trash cans down like a mile down the road. <laughs> yeah. uh, so got to get good at those deadlifts to oh, get them up I onto bet. the tailgate. <laughs> but um, um, we wanted our boys to be able to gain tangible life skills that probably weren't going to be taught in the greater school system, whether it was homeschool or whether it was um, like standard public school. Um, right. Cause you, you can rely on those school systems to be able to teach your kids math, science, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, but some of those more practical life skills have to happen at home. So we wanted our boys to be able to have a connection to their own capabilities and have a security, a, a factually based security in their own abilities to be able to provide for themselves. And whether my kids might grow up and want to be city rats and that's okay. okay. But if they have a background of, and I say city rats in a very endearing yeah, way. I know okay. lots of people sure. who live in the city and it's great, but you know, maybe they just want to hang out in the city. Maybe they're yeah. like, eh, trees, mountains, mom. I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Give me concrete, steel, AC whenever I want it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> DoorDash. I want, I want Chinese food at 3 a.m. You know, they might, they might want that. And yeah. that if that's part of their journey, fine. But, um, I want to make sure that we do our part to improve press upon them like hey you have a base foundation of skills to provide for yourself on a very tangible level and like provide yourself the things that you actually need to survive if you had to yeah. because that's the problem um is in this day and age everything is so accessible to us and it's amazing it's it's an amazing advancement in society and technology but if the worst were to happen, you're not talking about necessarily your overall comfort. You're talking about your rate of survival, okay. right? And so my husband calls me a little bit of a prepper, Okay, all right. <laughs> right? But, but if you aren't prepared for those worst case scenarios, sure. that's when you're really in trouble, right? It's you prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Sure. So I want my kids to be able to have those skills and live a really full life where they feel like even in a day where it feels like you've done nothing, you've done something for yourself and you've been able to fill your cup in other ways that aren't necessarily monetary or maybe tangible to some people. Sure. Well, we've got just a, just a few more minutes here that I want to, and I want to wrap us up, but before we do, you are, you have a, a desire to really expand upon your education and your future as a CrossFit coach mm -hmm. and, and then furthering the careers of other coaches and hopefully, uh, attaining your, your CrossFit level three and becoming a certified CrossFit trainer and then being able to move from, from there. Hopefully it's someday into the potential of being able to, to wear a red shirt as a seminar staff. Um, tell me about, uh, yeah. Why, why are you seeking that path? And like, what's out in front of you? Why is that? Why are you heading that way? Um, I, I love coaching classes and connecting with the people in my community in that way yeah. and helping them gain those little wins, right? Sure. Like that's where the true joy of coaching leads. Like not just telling a client, I believe you can do this, mm -hmm. but that magic moment where you've given them the tools okay. to see for themselves that they can do it. And you see that shift happen. You yeah. see it when you tell someone, I think you could do higher weight, or I think at some point we could get here and they go, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know. Okay. But all of us as coaches know that moment 
that you see that sparkle in the eye of a client who goes, maybe I could do that. Yeah. And I want to, I want to continue to do that for the people in my, in, in our gym and in our direct community. But I also really feel passionate about helping coaches achieve those moments within their own gym as well. So I would love if the stars aligned and I was able to earn myself potentially a spot on the CrossFit seminar staff to help educate other coaches and grow other coaches abilities so that they can feel those wins and people in their boxes can feel those wins and just spread the good word of CrossFit (laughs) and all of the things that CrossFit can do for a person's life because I've seen it change lives. Yeah, It changes lives in so many different facets and I want to help as many people as in as many ways as I possibly can. So I think that would be really awesome. (laughs) So, and just, and the, and the chance to have the same type of impact that my mentor had on me. Yeah. And like, it's, it's just, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is, you know, we're running up to the end of this particular episode. The good news is, is that as we as we dive deeper into some topics, um, Steph and I will spend a lot of time on the podcast talking through what it looks like to to be a part of a gym, to run a gym, to deal with um, small coaching um, components of things, about the business, about and then also fun and life and all the things. So you're going to get to hear an awful lot more from Steph. Before we get out of here, let's get out of here on this. Um, what is it that you love most about this gym? And uh, how are we going to keep expanding on that? Just why leave? I think the community that we've built is... I think everybody thinks that their CrossFit gym is special. Sure. Yeah, and but, it is, um, right? Like yeah. every place is unique and wonderful in, in and of itself. So. And I, Yeah, and I think just to, even to expand on what I just said about yeah. letting clients see it for themselves. Like we have a vision. And I remember when you first came to me and said, I think I'm going to open my own gym. And yeah. I was like, and I said, I'm in. And I told you in that moment, I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't start coaching CrossFit in this area because we met through other ventures. Yep. And um I said, I didn't start coaching CrossFit just to coach it. Sure. I wanted to work. I, I not only chose what I wanted to do, I chose who I wanted to work for. Yeah, and I wanted to work for someone who had great values. And I tell you all the time, I'm like, if we build it, they will come. Yeah, sure. And we're seeing that yeah. all the time. And we're bringing in like-minded individuals. And yeah. it's not even, I mean, we try. We work. Yeah. <laughs> we work for sure. And we yeah. market. We do all the things. But it's not even through trying people the word is getting out and things are spreading and it's just it's becoming a thing that people are curious about and they want to come in and they come in and it's undeniable and so for me the thing that's different about leaf is at least for where my values lie yeah is the community and the like-mindedness of the people that we have in these doors and The, the community is a huge deal for me because when I moved out here and I live way up in the mountains. Yeah, well, so, we established that yeah, distance. So, right. it's, so I, you know, I really lamented the loss of the everyday contact with like my community that was back home. Yeah. And um, it, I'm, 
I'm fairly slow to bring people into my own life. Yeah. And I really missed having a community around me. Yeah. And it's really cool to have been here since the inception and to feel the genuine energy behind everyone who comes in yeah. and feel and see as a coach and as, you know, kind yeah. of someone who's lucky enough to help be a guiding force in this community. Yeah see those building blocks of like how special this community already is yeah. and how much more special, uh, exponentially more special it, it stands to become. Yeah. And that for me is the driving, like the big driving thing about why this place is so special. Awesome. So. Well, I'm grateful to, to have you here as a, as a, you know, one of the largest foundational blocks in the, in the wall that we're building here. And we, um, you know, we're venturing every day to be impactful in people's lives. If you're out there listening and you're not sure if this is a place that, uh, that's, you know, is the right place for you, just like Steph said earlier, come on in. Um, we'd love to be able to see you, be able to shine a light on the strengths that are happening in your life and, uh, be able to hold a mirror up in front of you and show you what's really possible for you. Um, we're so grateful for the opportunity for all you listening out there. And if you get an opportunity, come visit us at leafgym.com. You can sign up for a free trial uh, class. You can come in just to have a visit and a conversation, and you're going to get met with a, a wonderful smile, a person who will know your name and uh, know you individually, and uh, we'll take you along your journey. So we'd be honored to see you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Know Your Leading Edge podcast with your host, Kyle Vera. For more information or to check us out on the web, please visit leafgym.com. Learn character from the tree, values from the roots, and change from the leaf. <laughs>